What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 7th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games. Blessing at Eoye Jr. Greg, I'm very excited for two reasons. One, we're here. It's E3 week, right? At least it's the, it's the start of E3, right? It's like E3 later week. This week. Okay, we consider this E3 week. E3 starts on it's Saturday. Official. I mean, in Summer Games Fest starts on Thursday. It's E3 week, brother. Yeah. And so I'm very excited for this week. But number two, what I'm excited about is the fact that last night I got one of those platinum trophies in a game called Operation Tango. And it's my first platinum in the platinum race versus me and Janet Garcia. First of three platinums. Uh, I think we're tied up because she also she posted that she Tortoise got the exact the same platinum. <laughs> Tortoise in the hair over here, just taking their time. I mean, I could give you yeah. three head-to-head games right now. You'd have it by the end of the show, you know? Yeah, but I don't I don't want the cheap platinums. I want platinums that I feel proud to get. Okay. I want to, put, I want to, put, I want to put work into, into these platinums. I see. It's funny because I go to psnprofiles.com slash mercity64 profile. No trophies here. It's private again. You privatized it again. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder why that's – I wonder why that is. I wonder – if that's by choice or if there is a game we're reviewing that would not you know what? need to show my, pl- my perhaps trophies. i'm reviewing the same thing you're reviewing and remember now they perhaps t- your trophies not, are also hidden not, no my trophies are public remember you can hide games you can hide the individual games and i did that jazz mm-hmm. so that way i can still see i can still be out there looking at my d-ranked knockout city 11 out of 51 trophies at the top of the list god i'm terrible do you think you're gonna platinum knockout city fuck you've been no. playing it a lot fuck no, no? I love Knockout City. I would love to platinum Knockout City. I just don't think I got the. I don't. I don't think I got the stuff. When when do you foresee yourself stop playing Knockout City? Because the more I play it, the more I'm like, I just want to play this game and only this game. Sure. I don't want to stop but, playing Knockout City. I'm gonna be playing it probably this fall. I bet. I hope that's true, and I hope I'm right there with you. But the problem you run, I run into with these kind of games is simple, and you you know it too, and you you learn it every day more and more. Is that. You only want to be playing Knockout City, but guess what, man? You got to review X, Y, and Z. So that means you get pulled away from Knockout City. And that means you come back to Knockout City. It means you're rusty and you're not as good as you were. Like that was this weekend for me, right? Where, you know, last mm-hmm. weekend, mom came to visit. We did, it was all Knockout City in the run up to it. Then uh, Friday, we did the developer thing. And even then, I had it, I'd already been working on a different review, got there, and I wasn't nearly as good as I was four days ago. And then took basically, right, the entire week off and then came back to play with you guys on Friday and, and yeah, Friday night. And it was just that thing of like, oof, God, I'm not, I am like, everyone's way, not that I was ever great. I'm not even trying to front or anything like that. I think I was always middle of the pack good. And it was that thing of like, oof, man, I am not there now. I'm not, you know, I'm not even getting double digit knockouts like I used to be. You and Baird out there just like, cleaning clocks. Was, was that with us playing like Snowback Mike and his crew? Because I think that was the situation no, before, the we night before Barrett, the night before Barrett and I just jumped into some matches, and it was okay. the same thing of like, oof, man, I got some ring rust on me. But it was, and then I did it, and then and then we played with Snowback Mike, and that was fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's that thing of like, am I ever going to have the commit? When will I have time to commit to Knockout City that way? Because this is all fun and games, and I love Knockout City, but guess what, brother? The clock is fucking ticking. Mario Golf is right around the fucking mm. corner, oh, and I will be out on the links point. day and night when that happens. Don't worry that's about that. Point. Started playing gonna, fucking everybody's mention- golf the other day because I'm, like, I'm jonesing for Mario Golf. Everybody, uh, Knockout City is one of those games that I don't see as, like, the ever... I don't see that game ever being, like, the main game you're playing. I think now that we've we've kind of exited that... Uh, Knockout City hype season. I think yeah. that game is always going to be the secondary game in the way that Apex for me is always the game I fall back on when I'm not when I'm when I want a break from playing whatever I'm playing mainly or when I just want something to chill and play. I think Knockout City is going to be that game. But you make a good point that Mario Golf. I think for you will definitely end up being that game. But I could I could see Mario Golf in Knockout City sharing the spotlight also. 
Like Knockout City to me is just the is one of the most addictive games I've played in the last six months. Agree. It's like a this level for me. Hold on a second. There's what a private conversation here? happening here. And okay. I want to bring it in, but it involves uh, the one and only Lucy James from GameSpot. We're trying to do some collaboration crossovers, get some kind of funny people over there. And it's like we're on in an Abbott and Costello bit right now because like, she we, she keeps asking, I'm gonna, you know, I can't even talk about it. It's all embargo. So I can't even talk about it. All right. I will get it out of I will get it out of it's out, out of there. Back to Naga City. Yeah. Naga City is, a, I hope, a game we're playing forever. And I hope that as they continue to add new modes and new maps and stuff like that, it'll bring us back and keep us going. I know Barrett's in. I know you are in. You are yeah. in. It's, see, this is this goes back to where I'm at, though, right now. Is that, uh, you know, packing up to go to E3 or whatever, right? Like, I'm like, I got it. I, I'm like, I was doing that thing. Maybe I'll just commit to bringing the Switch. That's all I'll, you know, I'll bring that. And I got Knockout City on there. I could play it on that. I could still be doing mm. it, seeing how the Wi-Fi is. And then it, maybe it's a Fortnite situation, right? Where I'm down there and, you know, how in Fortnite, you play Fortnite on Switch. Everybody's awful. Everyone, if you if right now, I'm sorry oh, to break yeah. the news to you. If you play Fortnite on Switch and that's your main pla- platform, you are dog shit at Fortnite. <laughs> and I love going in there and cleaning your clocks. Don't get me wrong; it's great to come off of you know me. I mean, what Kevin's actually probably really good now because he plays with Joey all the time. But back in the day, when me and Kevin would go on PlayStation and just get our teeth kicked in. It's like, all right, and then you turn on the Switch, you're, you're a god among men. I'm open for that with Knockout City. I'd love to get some easy mm-hmm. XP because these kids don't know what they're doing. They're trying to use now, you, t- touch control. You playing with Barrett, are you playing League Play or are you playing Street Play? We we switch it up. Okay, okay. Because like, Actually, actually I, I guess playing. this weekend, I don't know if we did. I think in the past we've played League Play. I don't know if we did this weekend. Okay. I forget. Because I was going to say, yesterday I was playing with uh, Simon Carty from IGN and sure. Barrett Courtney. And because Simon was still fairly early on in the game, you have to be ranked 10 if you want to do league play, which is the rank play. Yeah. Uh, and so we were like, okay, cool. Let's just get Cardi to rank 10 so that we can hop into league play. And in street play, we were cleaning folks up. Like, it wasn't even sure. funny. It felt like we were playing against kids and bullying them. It was one of those kind of gaming sessions, one of my favorite kinds of gaming sessions. Uh, but then once we switched over to league play, that's where things got really spicy, of course, because you have people that, one, are trying, and then, two, Barrett is platinum ranked in the game. And Barrett's so we're getting matched up. With platinum, with platinum ranked folks, and that like we were keeping up fairly well. Like it, it wasn't. They didn't demolish us, but yeah. we weren't cleaning it up, and we weren't winning. Um, I've got to, you know, it's what we were talking about on uh, Friday stream when we were out there playing against Snowbike Mike at night, uh, and it was just that idea of I got to get in the lab, I got to get up there, and I got to get my timing down on my perfect catches. That's what's fucking me up. That's what I, I don't got. I don't got the stuff for. Mm. I've got the killer instinct. I know where the balls gonna be. There, Huh? You got the right people around. You. Oh, you I know right I can get. No, 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 no. None of this is huh. me waving the white flag. This is just me saying like, oh, man, I f- already feel like I've lagged behind the group. And I don't think going to work in L.A. In a, in a, for a week's going to help me out much. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, he's one of the knockout kings. He's one of the mayors of knockout city. He's sad boy. Barrett Courtney's here. Hello, Barrett. You just got to you just got to pass back and forth between that robot in the in that training area, yeah. Greg. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Just go over yeah. him. And like, that's the perfect way to like, yeah, you, you know, Mike was proclaiming it on stream. You're godlike. Nobody can hit you. You catch everything. Yeah, it's I mean, even even Ka had to tweet out that, you know, I'm a fucking I'm a well, demon. Khalif sucks at this game, too. Khalif's worse than me. And he, <laughs> he came up here thinking he's going to have something for us. He's got nothing for us. He wouldn't even one of you won me. He's a coward. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, um, I have a lot of confidence in Knockout City, but I will say Barrett, I think, is the best player at kind of funny. I um I, I've been telling my I just want to shout out Ko Chaos, which is uh, uh, a four-player mode where it's one v one v one v one, and I think so far I've played like 
13 matches and I've won 12 of them and I'm feeling I'm feeling powerful and I feel like I can take over this company at this point. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, anyway, I just want to apologize to Blessing and Simon Cardi, uh, for when we finally went into league play and, uh, we got clowned out a couple of times. <laughs> but like I, clowned out, but clowned out in a fair way. It, we didn't yeah, lose, it, like, it, it was in it, 10 to one. It was yeah. like 10 to six, 10 to seven. Yeah. Like, we were putting it, up they, they were, games. they were close games, but I felt bad of like, that was Simon's first, like, uh, like testing the waters of league play and i was bringing in platinum players i was like this is probably not fun so i'll i'll leave so i'm sorry <laughs> i ruined this for you and i have to go <laughs> all right bye bye ladies and gentlemen enough about knockout city let's talk about games that aren't out yet because it's e3 week and everything's going crazy we're going to talk about rainbow six quarantine's new name the borderlands spinoff being all but confirmed and new dates and times for a bunch of different press conferences because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in with your questions comments concerns everything under the daily video game news sun and then of course on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get the show ad free you can get it with the exclusive post show you can get exclusive podcasts like the kind of funny next gen podcast and the q a shows that are up right now and of course you can just support us and get physical goods and posters and all sorts of crazy stuff all on patreon.com slash kind of funny games but if you don't have any bucks to toss our way it's no big deal you can catch the show as we record it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games just like error 40 42 zero iso christian and corn pillow are uh, if you are watching live on twitch.tv slash corn pillow sounds bad doesn't it it sounds it sounds like something yeah it does it sounds pillow. gross sounds gross to me i don't like mm. you know what i mean because i'm not thinking of a corn on the cob i'll tell you that thinking of you, a bunch wait, of loose what? kernels of corn disgusting <laughs> oh, God. Over there. yeah you know what i mean cream corn pillow no thank you uh of course if you're on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh it's your job to keep us honest go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you like we've been saying it is e3 week can you believe it the general idea, if you're wondering, is that we will be reacting to almost everything that is live in terms of press conferences. So if it's happening, check out twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. You can guarantee all the big shows, all the big presentations will be live reacting to. Like Summer Games Fest, it kicks off at 11 a.m. on Thursday. We, of course, will be live reacting to that, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, and then throughout the rest of it, too. Of course, what this means is that your favorite kind of funny programming really for next week, but maybe a little bit this week is getting jumbled and moved around because of all the different E3 press conferences and things happening. So stay on your toes. Be looking for the changes. Uh, speaking of your favorite kind of funny shows, Greg Way, uh, tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific time, the kind of funny games cast is bringing you the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart review. That's right. We have it. We've been playing it. Maybe that's why uh, Merc City 64's trophies are hidden. Uh, we will be talking about it tomorrow, 7 a.m on the kind of funny games cast youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe uh of course ladies and gentlemen uh you might say wait a tuesday is usually ps i love you's day uh remember we want games cast to traditionally be the review show and ps i love you be the more in-depth nerdy stuff show so tomorrow 7 a.m we drop our review easy allies will probably drop theirs down on the line i'm sure ign.com has somebody over there reporting on this game 
read the reviews and then whatever outstanding questions you have immediately submit them on patreon.com slash kind of funny games for ps i love you xoxo because it's going to be your ratchet and clank questions answered with blessing tim and the blind gamer steve sailor so you can get over there right away get him in we will record that tomorrow afternoon and then you can get it on wednesday as a special ps i love you day Thank you to our Patreon producers, Donovan Harkness, Omega-3, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Elliot, Donovan Harkness, again, Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Honey Caviar and Credit Karma, but Blessing will tell you about that later for now. What? Didn't you? I thought last week, remember, you were like, oh, I, no. I, you guys got to go do something. I'll do the ads if you want. That's did you ever record the ads? Week. No. Well, who did the ads this week? Uh, well, I guess we'll wait and see. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's we'll be a surprise to see who did the ads. But for now, let's begin the show with <laughs> what is and forever will be the Roper Report. We got seven items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. I'll tell you what, when you clear five items, that usually means you shouldn't dilly-dally, but we spent 12 minutes just being friends. You know what I mean? And that's Let's what talk it's all about. Knockout about. City. That's the content people want, Knockout City content. Let's start with what I'm headlining this show, Blessing. You will never get another Splinter Cell game. <laughs> we start at IGN.com, where Matt Perslow is writing about the new not-Splinter Cell game that kind of has Splinter Cell in it, but it's going to be Splinter Cell cross the Division cross Ghost Recon. Images from an in-development game called Battle Cat have leaked online, showing something that combines several of Ubisoft's largest Tom Clancy games into an objective-based PvP multiplayer game. The images, posted to Twitter by account ZeroBytesZero, have been reported on by VGC, which claims the information is authentic and relates to a first-person shooter in development at Ubisoft for PC and consoles. Battlecat is allegedly in early stages of development and will not be shown at Ubisoft Forward later this week. Zero Bytes Zero claims that testing began around January. Battlecat appears to allow players to take the role I'm sorry, take a role within one of four prominent Tom Clancy Universe factions. Echelon from Splinter Cell, the Wolves from Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and the Cleaners and Outcasts from the Division. Each faction has their own specific playstyle. The leaked images have text that explain that Echelon players are invisible on the mini-map and can reveal the locations of enemy team members, which links them to the stealth and intel gameplay of Splinter Cell. The wolves, meanwhile, are described as having additional armor, flashbang resistance, and personal shields. The cleaners are apparently damage specialists with napalm turrets, flame-spreading drones, and extra grenades, while the outcasts are a healer support class with health regen and hive, and hive gadget, parentheses, possibly similar to the hive used in the Division games. These faction characters also have ultimate abilities. The outcasts can use divine intervention to prevent allies from dying for a limited time. The wolves, meanwhile, have a large mobile area of effect shield for use in push or defense situations. The leaked details reveal two of the game modes, Payload, which sounds similar to Overwatch in Team Fortress 2's escort-style uh, matches, and Ringleader, in which teams must collect rings from fallen players in a manner that sounds akin to Call of Duty's Kill Confirmed. The player with the most rings becomes the leader and must survive for 30 seconds to bank the rings and increase the team's scores. Blessing at Oye Jr. Yes. Why not just make a fucking normal Splinter Cell game? What the fuck is going on over there? What do they know about what? Do, do, it, I don't. It's it's wild to me because 
like they keep making Tom Clancy games. Like Tom Clancy is Ubisoft's bread and butter. Like they love making Tom Clancy games, and mm -hmm. we get new forms of Tom Clancy all the time. It is yeah. Splinter Cell specifically that they stay away from, and they don't they don't stay away from it in the way that they want us to forget it, it exists, or they want to. Oh like, no, yeah, they put it in Brawlhalla. The they're putting things. They put they little put, weird things for they it. Put, uh, Sam Fisher and everything yeah. like he's in uh, uh, he's in Rainbow Six Siege. He's in that mobile title. He showed up in, in Ghost Recon Wildlands. He just shows up places, but they refuse to make a game. And I wonder I wonder if there's just something there in the data that shows Splinter Cell Did, doesn't sell. Yeah, Blacklist was the it. last one, right? Did it sell that badly? Maybe maybe oh, it's it? the thing no, where yeah, for Tom Clancy, Tom Clancy, they like to to lean into multiplayer. Uh, because we get we get Ghost Recon, we get Division, we get Rainbow Six, and these are all these are all multiplayer uh, tactical titles. Maybe there is something about Ubisoft and the way they operate and the way they treat Tom Clancy that means that they don't want to make a single player Tom Clancy game. Because that's I feel like that's the only explanation. You know, with Assassin's Creed has the Assassin's Creed uh, name recognition. You get you get things like Watch Dogs, you get your Far Cries, and these are things that I think perform fairly well. Watch Dogs maybe sure. might, be, might be the outlier there, but the single player games that they churn out and put out there are games that I think just have a wider fan base and people show up to buy these games year over but year. But don't you think like I I'm sorry to cut you off, but don't okay. you think and I, I know that I, I this I'm going to take the same argument. I always fucking apply to old Gabe Logan over there, right, for Siphon Filter and put it over here onto uh, Sam Fisher's shoulders of like Metal Gear is for all intents and purposes dead or at least going to be, you know, rebooted, remade or whatever by somebody else. Like there's this huge thing of I think traditionally, like if I was sitting here and I close my eyes and I rock back and forth and I take off my shirt and I think about what I want out of a Splinter Cell game, right? I'm, of course, thinking of, oh, man, yeah, make it really Jason Bourne-ish. Make it a narrative. Make it, you know what I mean? Like, we're, uh, it's going to be cinematic. And then I go, well, you know what? That's not Ubisoft. So what do I start pivoting to? What Ubisoft does. These big open world games. How could you take stealth espionage and merge it with an open world. Oh, Metal Gear nobody's Solid ever, 5. Maybe, maybe the best fucking playing Metal Gear of all time. Why don't you take that and do that and have it be you are Sam Fisher and you guess what? There's all these different fucking missions that are popping up from third echelon that you need to go out and do. And you're out in the world and you, you approach it from any way you want and do the whole thing. Like, am I wrong? Oh, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think a modern Splinter, Splinter Cell game would probably be somewhat of a mixture between Metal Gear Solid 5 and Ghost Recon Wildlands but single player like I think you I think as Ubisoft you would probably probably lean into that and you can put all the Ubisoftisms in there you can put hey go into this compound clear out the enemies in this compound but like the the, the hook here is that it's stealth and you have the Splinter Cell gadgets and you have the Splinter yeah. Cell story and a hook to it I think you can do that but I guess the question for you I, I I would imagine that the conversation for them is will that sell as much as an Assassin's Creed or a Far Cry, or stuff that they know is proven. The answer sure. to me is probably yeah. I would think Splinter Cell would sell great if you put out a great Splinter Cell game because people are familiar with Splinter I Cell. I think if you put out a great Splinter Cell game, it would outsell uh, a Ghost Recon. And I could be wrong. Yeah. Multiplayer, yes. yada, yada, yada. But I just think that, like, especially Breakpoint underperformed. So oh, yeah. even if you like, put out this new version of Splinter Cell, open world, whatever, take everything down, collect all the different things you need to collect. And like, maybe it doesn't go huge on the first one, but I doubt that. I feel like, especially in this vacuum we have where there is no Metal Gear, where in five, you know, lacked on the story and how it should have ended or whatever because of a whole bunch of behind the scenes mm -hmm. things. Like, 
do that, yeah, and mix it in. I understand, like, and it would be Metroidvania almost to a point, right? Of like you're playing and getting all these cool gadgets, all these different things. Like it starts, you know, simple as uh, every Splinter Cell does that. You can shoot out the lights and use darkness as cover. But yeah, by the end, you're using some kind of really crazy t- tech to come back and even you know trounce out these times. I don't get it. Do you think there is there is poison in like in, in pure stealth games? Because every stealth franchise that I really like tends to run into uh, trouble in terms of the franchises staying alive. I think of Deus Ex and how uh, Eidos isn't working on new Deus Ex games anymore, at least for the time being. I think of uh, Dishonored and how, like, we're not getting a new Dishonored, and that's probably because Dishonored games haven't sold extremely well. Metal Gear Solid is nowhere to be found anymore. Uh, Metal Gear, course, yeah, but Metal Gear, I don't count as part of that problem. Yeah, because Metal Gear Solid is like a mainstream. Like, people love Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then even, even Hitman, which Hitman 3, I love, and Hitman in general, I adore. But you had uh, 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 IO Interactive get split off from the publisher because yeah. Hitman wasn't performing the way that they wanted it to perform. I wonder if there's something just in the stealth formula that maybe it's budget plus uh, uh, a return on investment. Maybe it's no, uh, I, what they see, you, what they see in, in analytics in terms of, I think it's exactly, you nailed on the first go. I think you're mm-hmm. 100% correct. I think it is that stealth games don't sell as well as whatever X game you want. And I think you, you'd say action, right? Where even if you, excuse me, want to compare it to an older Hitman or whatever, like, the way they're doing it and why square gets out this is always a conversation we talk about that you know i would love it if video games were just art for art's sake and there was no worry about the return of the business side of it but there is a business side of it and so it always comes down to defining how did this game sell well is never like did it hit x amount it's what were your projections for what are your returns what do you need from it and square and hitman and uh, uh, io are the best example of it in recent memory of square being like this underperformed for what square enix needs it to do so yeah you can go away io and you can take it because there isn't bad blood here we know you're talented we know you can do stuff with it it's just never going to make enough for us and meanwhile io is able to keep making games for it or you know now three but then also have a plan for what they're doing next and yada 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 like a success for IO Interactive is way different than a success for Square Enix. And so, yes, your original question was, do you think there's something wrong or is there something that's a turnoff or a negative to a pure stealth game? Yes, I think immediately that pushes it into a corner. And it's one of those reasons, I think, when you think of great stealth games of recent memory, right, you think of the indie scene. Because, again, you can make an indie yeah. stealth game and you can put it out there and like you can have something that clicks with people that is they want a pure stealth experience they don't want it to be actiony at all and i think you know if you jumping tracks and kind of mixing uh, our examples but similar thing i think you also look at survival horror and you look at something like dead space right where mm-hmm. dead space one is a masterpiece of survival horror but for dead space two they tweaked a few different things which me greg miller who loved dead space one but didn't love like doesn't love survival horror Dead Space 2 was way more my jam. Like, I loved I saw psychological, cinematic, and more actiony it was. But then they go Dead Space 3, where it's, like, pure action. I was like, oh, this game sucks. <laughs> like, there's yeah. such a... The Dead Space is such a great example of this spectrum and how you can go with it and how you can get off course with it. And I think that's what was always so fascinating about the evolution of Metal Gear, sure, but in particular, Metal Gear Solid Five where it was like it's open world like what are you talking about like won't this get boring won't this do this for some people it was but it was such a great feeling game to play like if it you know i feel like stealth so many times isn't about 
feeling great. It's more about, you know, patience and plotting and planning and yeah. getting out there. And that's, that's a turnoff to people. And I, and I think that's uh, an example of Kojima and Konami figure, figuring out uh, the formula in, in, the, in uh, the case of trying to get people to engage longer and engage, engage more yeah. with the title. Because I would not be surprised if there are analytics in stealth games where you see way more fan uh, or, or audience drop off in the first few hours of stealth games comparative to action games or RPGs or plenty of other types of games. Because people get frustrated, or people get impatient, people or people are like immediately like, "Oh, this isn't for me." Because every time I step out, I get caught, and I don't, yep. I don't like that fail yep. state. Like stealth games can be very aggressive and very punishing, and I'm sure, I'm sure that reflects back uh, in the analytics. Whereas something like Metal Gear Solid Five, I think one, it goes open world because that's where you see a lot of uh, like people like open world games. That I, I think as a publisher, you look at that and you're like, cool, this is going to sell Metal Gear Solid uh, open world game. But even with that, I think they cracked the code in terms of, okay, cool. Let's give people tools. Let's give people a lot of shit to play around with. Let's make this a sandbox. And Metal Gear yeah. Solid 5, I think, is one of the best stealth games because of that. Because they figured out that the way to do stealth right is to give people just a bunch of different ways to experiment and play around with the sandbox and play around with, okay, I'm going to go out during this time of day during a sandstorm. That way they won't be able to see me. Okay, cool. They're reacting to that. Let's switch it up. And the way that the, that the game engages back with the player as the player engages with the game, I think makes for such a good gameplay loop that makes that game almost an, an anomaly compared to other stealth games and the way that it operates. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I think there's a way to do Splinter Cell, but maybe there's just not somebody there with the vision to figure that out like that would be my guess like nobody's over there nobody over there is probably fighting for it hard enough with a a dope enough pitch to, to mm -hmm. make ubisoft go okay cool yeah let's, let's green light this because this hits all our marks in terms of what we want well it's also you know like i think again for better or worse the shift you see in ubisoft where it is this idea, right? And we've talked about this earlier this year, right? When they got in hot water, when they were like, we're focusing on free-to-play. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, not really. We're putting more of a focus on free-to-play, right? Like, it is about these experiences that engage and keep you going. And so, like, they're seeing so much success with Rainbow Six Siege. We're about to talk about, you know, the new name for quarantine and all that jazz. That, yeah, like, here they are looking at something that's a PvP multiplayer game. Removing the Splinter Cell, where the fuck is the version we all want thing? Do you, does Battle Cat do anything for you? Are you interested oh, yeah. in Battle Okay. Honestly, this game sounds really fun. You know, like this sounds like them trying to do their own quote unquote Smash Brothers crossover game with yeah. their big Tom Clancy franchises. And I think that by itself is a really cool thing and a really exciting thing. The way they're they're describing it makes me even more excited because they are they are uh putting in game modes that make it Overwatch Overwatch-ish with like a payload uh mode or even the Call of Duty uh 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 I forget what it's called pick up your dog tag mode uh kill confirmed uh, type mode. I think that is a really good fit and I I get really excited when Ubisoft goes uh, uh when Ubisoft does like the PvP multiplayer stuff for Tom Clancy. Uh I really really love Rainbow Six. I think Rainbow Six uh, Siege is fantastic and I know so many people love Rainbow Six Siege and I think that game works because they have really good teams there that are really good at making that type of game you love the division yeah. uh and i think that speaks to the fact that ubisoft again is really good at making those types of games tom clancy games 
sell and are popular and they keep making them for a reason like they yep. got that formula down they know how to make that type of game and like sometimes they miss in the case of breakpoint right but oftentimes they hit and when they hit they really hit and so black uh battle cat sounds like something that i think could appeal to a lot of people it's going to appeal to the overwatch crowd it's going to appeal to the crowd that maybe just likes tom clancy games in general and if you are a splinter cell fan i think that gives you somewhat of connection of okay cool they're making these references in this game I'll try it out because I like Splinter Cell, or I'll try it out because I like multiplayer, or I'll try it out because I like Division or any of these other franchises that are included. And so this sounds really fun. Um, it seems further away, but I'm fine with that because Ubisoft has stuff that they're putting out and they're about to talk about, and we're about to talk about uh, this uh, Rainbow Six game, Rainbow Six Extraction. And so, yeah, I think they got a good, um, uh, they, they have good games on the horizon in terms of the Tom Clancy games. Let's keep rolling with this ubisoft uh, announcement day for number two on the roper report uh rainbow six quarantine has officially been renamed rainbow six Ex extraction expansion rainbow six <laughs> extraction uh kevin i dropped a little teaser trailer in here just so there's something as we go over it uh they did two different videos today uh one was the dev team title reveal where they talk a little bit and it's basically obviously hyping you up for ub forward this weekend as part of e3 and then this other one that kevin will show you here in a second that sorry, is hold just on the, a second. Uh, i'm trying to find my mouse i'm sorry i misplaced it you your actual mouse <laughs> hey, did you check outside is it charging in the sun <laughs> Wes, you get all hurt when I when I make fun of you. So you want to keep playing this game, you can keep playing this game. But just be careful. Go swing back. Be careful, Wes. Be careful. Mm -hmm. What'd you get? You got the McDonald's coffee. What else? What'd you eat though? I got the sausage McGriddle. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's really Probably. good. It's really sugary. Probably really yeah, unhealthy, but it's really good. So yeah, here you go, showing uh, this uh, goofy little thing, and it basically shows you know the alien organism or whatever it is popping out like a symbiote and going after this and getting out. Uh, the dev thing goes a bit more into you know what is going on. I'm going to read from Polygon.com where Cass Marshall wrote up what was going on there. In Rainbow Six Extraction, a sin sinister parasite has completely taken over a science lab. Parentheses in general, scientists should probably stop studying sinister beasts inside labs because it absolutely never goes well. This is a tactical co-op shooter based off the foundation of Rainbow Six Siege, but without the focus on PvP content. Uh, extraction is the name of the game, literally, but also a gameplay sense. A major point of gameplay will be when to push forward and try to delve deeper into the laboratory, or when to cut your losses and get out of dodge with all your limbs attached. Another major theme is, quote, no one left behind, which suggests getting survivors out of the laboratory will be a focus. Um, like I said, mainly hyping you up for this weekend stuff, but I, for me personally, someone who's never been big on PVP, this it, it interests me. Like I could see us doing this, right? Cause it's, it, the way they described it in the dev trailer was siege becomes a modern co-op shooter, which sounds cool. Like, I don't know, you know, delving in the laboratory, going deeper. I, I obviously want to see it at E3 this weekend, but this is yeah. interesting to me. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited about this. You know, like I said before, I love Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, and if this is anything like even um, the terrorist hunt mode in Rainbow Six Siege, where oh, sure. you are playing with friends and you're going out and clearing, clearing out a room, if you're having that level of engagement and communication back and forth and having to work together, I think this game is going to be a banger. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it seems really cool. Like I'm excited to see more from it. 
You don't have to wait long. Of course, Ubisoft Forward is happening this Saturday, uh, the 12th. I believe the pre-show starts at 11 and then noon for the real thing, if that's what I think it is. But either way, you can check it out Saturday. Everybody will be watching it here, there, everywhere. Uh, of course, like I said, remember, this will be one of the ones for sure we're reacting to on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. So strap in for Ubisoft Forward this Saturday. Speaking of Ubisoft Forward, that's right. Still more Ubisoft news before we get out of here. Uh, I made a prediction on the games cast mm. that at the official E3, there would be not a fucking peep about Prince of Persia and on command. Here's your dev update from the Prince of Persia remake folks. <laughs> Hello, Prince of Persia. This is number three on the rope report. Hello, Prince of Persia fans. Ubisoft forward is around the corner and we wanted to use this time to thank you for the amount of support you've shown us this past year. As you might have already read, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake will not be in Ubisoft Forward. We are making great progress for our game to release next year, but we are not ready to share any additional information just yet. We will share an update as soon as we are ready. Until then, we wanted to express our appreciation for your continuous support as well as your patience uh, with us on our own journey. Uh, We're looking forward to the moment when we will be able to share more with you. This game was supposed to come out in January. <laughs> Can you believe how it? Get, how did it get delayed into next year, dude? That's like, crazy. and they announced like they announced the game in what November, December. Like, I'm gonna say November. They announced the game in November. Was it? I thought it was last year before. Word. No, because last year before it, I think was this year. I think that was uh, uh twenty. Oh, okay. Actually, I can't remember. There was a UB, there was a UB forward in November. Slash wrong. I what did they announce this game? I'm, I'm yeah, kind of funny. Let me know. Slash you're wrong, but they basically announced it to release in like two to three months, and it somehow got delayed past the year. What that is a wild story too. The fact that we're not going to see it, I guess, not as surprising, but still like a what what is happening with this game? What are they doing to it? Are they go are they, are they like redoing it from the ground up or are they trying to just build build over it and well I mean uh, remember if you're if you it? haven't paid attention and you missed it the, it got revealed at which we're still trying to find a confirmation when this actually happened kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong September don't believe that until they say it in the kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong don't you're look right. at the chat chat could be saying anything one of them just said look October 1930 what does that mean that doesn't even make any sense <laughs> uh but it got revealed, and they're like, "We remade," and we're like, "This is gonna be great." And then we all watched the trailer, like, "This looks like shit." <laughs> this, why does it look like this? And then they tried to like, they're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a style choice," and this is an old build, and it'll look better. And I think they did put out one update where things looked a little bit better, and people were still like, "Nah, this ain't it." And they're like, "You know what? You're right. It's not coming out in January like we said it was. It'll be out." They didn't even. They think they indefinitely delayed it, and now the next people you hear about it is next year is when you'll get this game. That's wild to me. Like that's. I like. I wonder. I, here's the thing, right? There's the Miyamoto quote that people put out there: uh, "A delayed game is eventually good." I think. Yeah. I for not thinking about the quote. Yeah, that's always. That's always. Yeah. Dangerous. If you put out a game now, it's gonna suck. That's what he said. Uh, I wonder if they should have just cut their losses and released the version they had in January, because this seems like they are. They, I don't. I hope this game comes out. Like I hope it just it doesn't inevitably get canceled or or shelved because people love prince of persia i'm sure the version they had even though it wasn't as pretty at its core it would have just been prince of persia uh the game that people knew and so people i think people would have been fine to play just revisit prince of persia even even if it is only marginally prettier uh you know best case scenario we do get a version that lives up to a what a modern remake could be and it looks beautiful and it looks um uh uh like a next gen or i guess it's not coming out on um uh next gen only i guess it's it's probably who the fuck knows where it's coming now yes or <laughs> xbox one who knows uh but hopefully it looks like something that comes out in 2022 that 
is comparative to other things coming out in 2022. That's best case. I kind of funny that Comcast, you're wrong. Timmy Buddy says Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake was announced on September 10th, 2020. Back in December, they moved the release date of Prince of Persia from January to March. Then in February, they said the game is pushed back to a later date. <laughs> Do you think this game gets to where it needs to be by the time it comes out? What do you, what is what do you mean? I think it comes out. I do think it comes out. Okay. I think it looks but, better. I don't know if I I don't know. I mean, the fact that they're putting this much time into going in, like you assume when they come back, it's going to look great. Or you hope it is. I mean, I, it could go either way. But if it's just going to end up looking marginally better than what we saw before, I'm sure it's already there. Why not just put it out and make your money? Do you think by the time we get it, people go, oh oh shit, they did it. Like this is the Prince of Persia we've all wanted. I say no because that's a tall order, but I could see it mm-hmm. happening. It could possibly happen. I don't think it'll happen, but that's just because, you know, probabilities. <laughs> yeah. That's but you hope so? I mean, goddamn, I love I hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. We'll have to wait and see. And it won't be the C3 that you see. So <laughs> strap in, yeah. everybody. We'll get there one day next year, apparently. Uh, I number love four. How many of our, I love how many of our E3 predictions are getting answered before you actually get there, also. Give me the points. Like, I don't care. Give me the points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, uh, do we know who's in the lead right now? Do we have any? any no, that's impossible any to find England? out. Nobody's, nobody's. I guess we'll figure it out afterwards. You know, somebody on subreddit's going to put up the uh, the results one day, and we're all just going to believe them. We're not going to do any research. <laughs> we're just going to be like, oh, that's what he said. All right, great. <laughs> Number four in the Roper Report, as if you needed any more confirmation, it definitely looks like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, the Borderlands spinoff or whatever you want to call it, is real. We go to VGC where Andy Robinson reports. Gearbox and publisher 2K will reveal Borderlands spinoff Wonderlands during Summer Game Fest kickoff live later this week. Again, that's Thursday. We'll be live reacting here. Uh, Summer Game Fest confirmed on Monday that it'll reveal, quote, a new adventure from Gearbox and 2K during the two-hour show on Thursday, June 10th. A teaser site, bchaoticgreat.com, has also been launched, and as shown in the v- in VGC's image below, its code contains references to a yet-to-be-launched website for Wonderlands. Wonderlands was first listed in a leaked 2K games list, which was circulated on social media last week and corroborated by VGC's own sources. According to the list, the Borderlands spinoff stars mainstay character Tiny Tina with similar gameplay to the core Borderlands games. A series spinoff was first claimed to be uh, in development by Game Reactor last month. Then 2K, uh, yeah, parent company of, then 2K parent Take Two confirmed shortly after it would publish a new Gearbox franchise before April 2020. Last week, E3 organizer, the Entertainment Software Association (ESA), published new details on its 2021 schedule, which includes a Gearbox press conference on Saturday, June 12th, and a Take Two presentation on Monday, June 14th. The all-digital E3 2021 event runs from June 12th to the 15th and will include a four-day live broadcast hosted by Alex Golden, Boy Mendez, Jackie Jing, and Greg Miller, featuring publisher showcases, press conferences, industry panels, live streams, and more. You know you don't have to include that every time. <laughs> even, even when I'm not on the show this week and you you got to include it. you got to include it. That's amazing. You just got to uh, do it. It's there. What are you going to do? Awesome that we're getting more uh, confirmation on this. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Where's your hype level for uh, Wonderlands? I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, we talked a bit about this last week, right, when we were going through this and the XCOM leak and all that jazz. I'm excited for more Borderlands from a fresh thing. You know, Jen and I love playing them together. So I'd totally be down for another one. I'm ex- I, I expect it to be colorful and different and not look like Borderlands 3. Uh, and like I said, I hope they have better inventory management. That's pretty much my hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You? Are you going to play it? Oh, I'm gonna play it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. You know, I I I like the idea of of making more Borderlands, but finding a way to make a spinoff title stand 
I guess, stand unique from the mainland Borderlands titles because they could have just made another, they could have literally made a game that is Borderlands the pre-sequel too. And that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a crazy title for them. Like they yeah. could have just done that, right? They could, they could just make another Borderlands, but it seeming like it's, uh, it theoretically going for something with the Tiny Tina thing and maybe being more of a um, fantastical take on uh, 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 what Borderlands can be and going hard with Tiny Tina, crazy character. We'll use that character to create a crazy game. I think there's promise in that. And we'll we'll see when they reveal it if it is going to lean into that or if it just looks like more Borderlands. But I expect that it'll look a little bit more interesting than just more Borderlands. That's my Sure, hope. yeah. That's my hope and thought on it too. There'll be a, a twist, a take, her story, whatever she's doing with it. Number five on the Roper Report is a weird one, and I will apologize now for all the French I'm about to completely butcher. Uh, Quantic Dream executives cry, ask if they can lie in court. This is Ian Walker over at Kotaku. Quantic Dream executives recently appeared in a Paris court as part of an ongoing defamation lawsuit against French publication Le Monde and Mediapart. But according to a May 31st report, things didn't go smoothly for the studio behind games like Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human. Independent French Union Solidaires uh, inform it's like it's like solid solidaire information, but they spell it Solidaire Informatique. Oh man, get Jen down here. Reports that the co-CEOs David Cage and uh Guillaume de Fondemer both exhibited strange behavior during their testimonies. Uh Cage allegedly cried on the stand, stomping his feet, screaming about interferences to his business and damage to his honor, and eventually storming out of the courtroom altogether. Near the end of his own testimony, Dufon de Mer reportedly looked at the judges and asked, quote, but I'm not under oath, so I can lie? <laughs> Before claiming, Quantic Dream was seriously <laughs> damaged by the stories about his toxic work environment. Uh, Solidaire Informatique uh, says that Dufon de Mer uh, didn't provide proof of these damages. Quantic Dream didn't respond to Kotaku's request for comment. Really? These they didn't respond? It was surprising. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> These legal escapades stretch back to January 2018 when several reports were published in the French press concerning working conditions at Quantic Dream. The stories allege that Quantic Dream's work culture was rife with toxic behavior, the most prevalent being a massive internal trove of photoshopped images depicting employees in sexual situations and altered to look like Nazis. These images reportedly dated all the way back to 2013 and were sometimes even displayed in open areas of the Quantic Dream offices. Studio executives refuted these details, along with the fondue mayor, uh, telling Kotaku at the time that he was, quote, furious and outraged by the accusation, accusations. Kotaku learned in April 2018 that Quantic Dream was suing newspaper Le Monde and website Mediapart, two of the French publications responsible for the reporting. In, 2019, in December 2019, a French court ordered Quantic Dream to pay a former IT manager a total of around $8,500 over the incident, but that decision was overturned earlier this year after no link was found between uh, the dissemination of the photos and the plaintiff's decision to leave the company. In addition to the actions of its executives during last week's court appearance, Quantic Dream reportedly provided the court with documents uh, that were supposed to defend them against the accusations of social security fraud by showing the company acting in good faith in the termination of a former employee. However, upon closer inspection, these documents apparently revealed irregularities in the processes or the process uh, that the defense believed highlighted a possible incident of unlawful dismissal. If true, this would uh, be an own goal of monumental proportions. Uh, a verdict in Quantic Dream's lawsuit against Lamont and Mediapart is expected on July 8th, according to Solidaire Informatique. That was a ride. That was a roller coaster a ride. 
what a story. David Cage seems like a madman <laughs> uh, who's not fit to lead. And I hope I hope they get him out of there. And like the the higher ups responsible for the uh, state of working over there. I hope I hope they they replace they replace them and they're able to like I, I hope Quantic Dream is able to, to like shed all the shit and move forward because I think that is such a talented studio that make sure. games that are really impressive and can oftentimes be really cool. And I think they need to replace the like the quote unquote visionaries over there because I think there's something special about that studio and it's being held back so much by folks who just want to be shitty and folks who who like want to do things right like photoshopping uh, images depicting employees in sexual situations right like how terrible is that how fucked up is that that yeah. needs to go uh, and I think once that goes you're gonna see that studio shine and I hope they go because goddamn that's fucking wild it's that thing of you know, we always obviously everything you just heard of from the story is horrible. That's not what I'm saying. We go into a bridge here of like out on a limb of like, yeah, I'm on their Wikipedia page. It's a private thing, right? And David Cage is listed as the founder. So is he still the owner too? Like, I'm not sure. Like, who owns is there is it possible to get rid of David Cage, right? Is that a thing that's going on? This is, you know, a similar thing in the way I know when well, I guess it's different now, but that was always the argument with like uh, gearbox. Of like, well, man, Randy Pitchford just keeps fucking making headlines and for the wrong reasons. Like, can you get rid of him and let the game, the people who are making the games get it shine? There's always a thing of like, well, he's at the top and he like owns it. So like, no, you can't. But now I know they've sold the Embracer, right? So that's a different thing. I got that right. Embracer. Kind of find that comment. Yeah. And so, yeah, David Cage, I'm not sure exactly if he owns it and they can ever get out from under. If that's a thing like, you know, no matter mm-hmm. how bad uh, David and uh, Guy uh, Defonda Mayor here, uh, you yeah. know, ride the reputation into the fucking ground. <laughs> if they can ever get, if you can ever, if it's private and they own it, like right, like what do you do about that? Yeah. But yeah, it's like I don't know, man. Like so, it's that thing of obviously, so many people work at Quantic Dream that are incredibly talented. I, I you know, I like Quantic Dream games, but it's that thing you read this and it's like, I've always heard, uh, you know, scuttlebutt in conversations I've had with developers and stuff that like, that uh, David Cage is like, a, you know, an asshole. Like he thinks he's like, you know, my shit don't stink and I'm I'm changing video games and yada, yada, yada. And so it's always been that thing of like, He's an auteur or whatever. He's, he's making. He's ma- he is making great games. Plenty of you know reasons to an open net to go score on the Quantic Dream or right of like fucking robots singing or whatever. But like you know what I mean. Like you, you, you can pick and choose your battles on this. But then to look at this, be like, oh, not only are you an asshole, but like the work culture is fucking horrible over there. And on top of that, Cage allegedly cried on the stand, stomping his feet, screaming about interferences That's to his comical. business and damage to his honor, and eventually stormed out of the courtroom altogether. It's like what the. F- fuck like what yeah. the fuck is going and then this but i'm not under oath so i can lie why would you even ask what what what, what are you I thinking mean, i think like at that point right like you say that because you feel untouchable you feel like you're powerful you feel like maybe maybe you feel like at that point you got nothing to lose when in the reality you got everything to lose which is why david david cage is out here crying on uh uh, uh in court um yeah. yeah like i i mean when it comes to auteurs or people who take pride in their work and, and all these things right like i don't think that's an inher- inherently uh bad thing you know i love um it takes two uh does joseph, the, ferris. joseph ferris i think is such a such a cool dude right and like i i think he's 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 the kind of dude who's taken very public confidence in his work and i think that shines through in the work of him and the rest of the studio you know i think they do a good job of stuff you look at folks like hideo right and, he, and i think we uh, consider him to be a, a quote-unquote auteur stuff sure and he's not as cocky as david cage and uh uh joseph ferris at least 
at least outspoken, uh, uh, being outspokenly cocky. If I'm I can sure interject for a second, bit. if I can interject for a second, right, for Go the for three it. people we're talking about. And again, every I'm Greg Miller, and I talk to people who make video games. I don't exist in that workspace, and I don't blah, blah, blah. And this is all hearsay and secondhand information. Of the three people we're talking about right now, right, like David Cage, I've heard from multiple people, is a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I, I, I've interviewed him a couple of times. I don't know him from Adam beyond that. I have no idea. But I've heard from multiple developers like that dude, that guy, like he sucks kind of thing. Joseph Ferris, the only criticism I've ever heard of him was like, oh man, insulting the Oscars was a bad look. Outside of that, everybody's like, I love this guy's passion. And he fucking rocks and he makes great games and yada, yada, yada. And then Kojima is in a similar thing. And Kojima is a bit cheating because I would think I'm more, I'm closer to Kojima than I am to either of the other two guys. And I, what yeah. I always go back with Kojima is, my thing with uh, Hideo, right, is that I think so many of us in the industry put him on that pedestal of an an auteur and somebody you can't touch, yada, 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 when I think he is obviously an incredibly creative and talented individual. I, you know, I'm here because of uh, Metal Gear Solid and Hideo Kojima video games, right? But I always go back to two examples of, like, we've hung out before, obviously, but the two examples from RTX um, Australia, when we went and did, when I went and did that forever and a day ago, right? And the examples being of when we were getting the, I was going to do the two-hour interview with him, which is available on youtube.com slash Uh mm-hmm. And when we were getting the walk around the show floor and getting the tour or whatever, and I saw the Zelda sword, I was like, hey, come take a photo with me. He was so excited to come do it. And then, mm-hmm. like, when he, when in the green room, he had his own, like, area like that was like sealed off like his own private room right because he said Kojima that i assume they wanted to give him right but then it was everybody else all the other and so rooster teeth people would come up to me all the time and be like hey do you think he'd sign something i was like oh yeah no problem and i would dm him and a minute and a half later he'd come out he'd sign he'd take photos do whatever i guess the third example is that one two switch thing we did too where we wore cowboy hats and played one like I don't, he doesn't have, like, I don't, in my personal experience with him, which again is limited. It's not like I, I'm, he's coming to my birthday party or something, but he doesn't, I don't think, think of himself on this pedestal that he doesn't want to come down and do fun shit and hang out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm sure plenty of people have had bad experiences with him. I'm sure plenty of people have bad experiences with me, but it's that weird thing of, I don't hear about those. Like I hear about David Cage. Exactly. And I think, I, I think it's fine if you want to own that, uh, like auteur identity or be like cool i make games i'm confident in the games that i make and all that all this shit uh on the david cage side of things right i think he takes it to a certain level that is not necessarily backed up by the games he's putting out like i like the the quantic dreams games but they're very flawed a lot of times especially sure. when you when you look at them from a story perspective uh but then also like he he takes that power that he has and seemingly he uses that power to be a dick which is unacceptable yeah. uh and i think that like that's that's probably the big separator for me when it comes to the the three of them is yeah the stories we've heard and the way that you end up using that that, that power you have and so i hope I hope somehow like that power gets stripped away. I don't know what that looks like. I hope people that work at the studio that are doing good work uh, uh, end up to continue doing good work. And maybe that's with the studio. Maybe that's by joining another studio. Um, but I hope the talented people that are involved in this continue to uh, let their work shine and continue to do dope shit. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of dope stuff you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to get every episode of kind of funny games daily with the exclusive post show we do of course you can get exclusive shows like our q a thing that goes up every month like the kind of funny next gen podcast that goes over there hell if you wanted to you could support us at such a level you'd get all the kind of funny perks from the other patreon as well and get all the kind of funny podcasts and all that jazz all of our shows 
under one roof. But I digress. Why I'm telling you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games is that you can go there to get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free. And speaking of ads, Greg way, let's see who's talking about the sponsors today. This episode is brought to you by Caviar. Loving good food doesn't necessarily mean you're able to cook well. If you want a great meal but need a little help, let the restaurant come to you. Caviar can help. How often do you get the best of both worlds? If you want a chef-cooked meal but don't want to leave your, the comfort of your own home, Caviar can make it happen. They make it happen for me very, very often. I thank them very, very much. Caviar is the food delivery app for people that are into good food. They bring the best local restaurants directly to your doorstep. Uh, Caviar keeps it local. That's what's really cool about them all the hidden gems in your neighborhood they're on caviar trust me all my favorite taquerias yeah they've been delivering to me thanks to caviar not sure what you want to eat let caviar staff picks recommend the best spots in your neighborhood to find your new favorite and just for you guys caviar is offering ten dollars off an order of twenty dollars or more all you have to do is put in the offer code kind of funny at checkout remember that's ten dollars off a purchase of twenty dollars or more with offer code kind of funny download the caviar app and use the code kinda funny come on guys ten dollars off that's awesome uh next up honey if you want to save money you better be using honey baby we all shop online and we've seen the promo code field taunt us at checkout but thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart honey supports over thirty thousand stores online they range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands even food delivery i always talk about this everything from best buy to etsy you're saving money using Honey. I have saved so much money. Kind of Funny has saved so much money just by installing it once. It's so easy. It's in your browser, and then it does all the work. When you check out, it just applies coupons. You're saving money. It's free. Why wouldn't you use this? Uh, if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It just takes a few seconds to install. It's so easy. Go to Honey. To, go to joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games to get Honey for free. Joinhoney.com slash games. And finally, let's talk about Credit Karma Money. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back into your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Uh, right now, you can visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVP Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. CreditKarma.com slash win money. Number six on the Roper Report, the ESRB has rated the medium for PlayStation 5. This is Sal Romano over, over at Gamatsu. Uh, the Entertainment Software Rating Board has rated the Bloober Team. In, I love Bloober Team's name. Bloober Team yeah. developed third-person psychological horror game, the medium for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. The medium first launched digitally on Xbox Series and PC via Steam and the Microsoft Store in January, as well as via Xbox Game Pass. Back in March, distributor Coke Media announced plans to publish a physical edition of the medium but it did not mention platinums blessing is this going to be one of the announcements we get at the coke media uh presentation this week one thousand percent yes yeah yeah i mean are you excited? I, I i didn't play the medium when it came out it didn't it wasn't one that necessarily 
got me super hyped, but cool. Yeah, like this is, I, this is I, cool news, I guess. I really dug the medium. Like, mm-hmm. it, don't get me wrong, it falters in places and whatever, but I had a great time with that. And I think, as we said multiple times in our review, once you sit in the wheelchair, that game takes a turn that I really enjoyed. And so I described it in the review at, at, uh, on XCast at, back in the day of I think it's the perfect games uh, pass game, game pass game of the idea of like, all right, cool. Like, what are your expectations for blah, blah, blah. I think it'll be interesting to see what they price this at in terms of a PlayStation 5 mm. release or whatever. Because I don't think it's a $70 game. I don't think it's a great value there. But I had a great time with it. Jen and I really enjoyed playing through it. And I will replay it for the Platinum to do this. If it, I'm assuming they keep the same uh, trophy list they had as achievement list. And now that I've beaten it, I would just make sure I collect everything as I go. But I enjoyed the medium and I, I'd be looking forward to it again. It, this might be a kind of funny dot com slash your wrong question if you don't know, but like, did Blooper Team's other games come to PlayStation? Like what, Blair Witch? Yeah, Blair Witch them, did. Right? Blair Witch came. Oh, okay. So yeah. this, so this, there's like a precedent for this. That I, I yeah, didn't know yeah. This, this isn't like, like an outrageous out left thing. field no, no. thing. It's okay. usually I, this is more of a kind of funny dot uh, wrong, wrong kind of funny dot com slash your wrong thing is I think usually they come later. Like I remember Blair Witch had a had a gap as well before it got over to PlayStation. Layers of Fear. I don't think there was. But it did. I mean, yeah. So yeah, they come. Yeah. Okay. They come, baby. Oh God! Don't say it like that. No, they come. <laughs> uh, f- your final one here. Uh, speaking of the Coke Media one, that'll be the presentation that's going to be on Friday of this E3 week. And yes, we'll be reacting to it on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We got some more dates and times for you. Some solidified details over here for number seven for what I'm calling the E3 2021 show announcements. The first comes from 24 Entertainment. 24 Entertainment is proud to announce that. Naraka, Blade Point, will be part of E3 this year with a 10-minute segment during the NetEase show on June 13th and a segment in the PC game sh- gaming show later that day. Please tune into one of the following streaming platforms June 13th at 9.30 a.m. to watch uh, the Naraka Blade Point show live. And then on top of that, PC gaming show details are released. Uh, the biggest annual showcase dedicated to PC gaming, the PC gaming show, will return on June 13th at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Broadcasting from Los Angeles during E3 weekend on twitch.tv slash PC Gamer, youtube.com slash PC Gamer, and featured prominently within E3's official programming and the Twitch gaming uh, lineup, uh, the PC Gaming Show will reveal 39 new trailers, game announcements, and interviews to audiences around the world. A special showcase of exciting games during E3, this year's 90-minute show will embrace an imaginative theme, Outer Space. For the first time, PC Gaming Show hosts will beam video content and interviews straight from the cosmos into a, in a custom spaceship built just for this year's E3. 39 new trailers and game announcements will make up this year's PC Gaming Show. There, I then went through and pared down some of it just to these bullet points for you, all right? The reveal of Project Warlock 2. Techland will be showing Dying Light 2, Stay Human, and giving the first in-depth look at its main character, Aiden, and his internal motivation, alongside revealing more about Dying Light 2, Stay Human Universe. Sega and Amplitude Studios will have a major announcement and reveal for the highly anticipated strategy game, Humankind. An announcement from EVE Online, a new Chivalry 2 announcement from Torn Banner Studios, Tripwire Interactive will be there, and Humble Games will be there. Of course, there's way more information than that available to you. Those are just the bullet points I grab to put out there. Blessing, it's happening. E3's here. It is. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I like I'm so I'm so happy that everything seems to be happening. Cause when they announced E3 earlier in the year. I was I I did have the thought of okay who's gonna show up who's yeah. gonna partner up with E3 especially if the reports of oh it's, it's cost six k to do all the, all this stuff you know like 
that a, a lot of the, a lot of the leaks we were getting earlier in the year were uh uh I think kind of speaking towards E3's possible demise of like, who the fuck is going to do all this? The fact that they really got their shit together and the fact that it re- this really does feel like E3. Of course, once we get there, it's going to be different because everything's going to be digital. And, sure. you know, all that stuff's going to have to be stitched together in a way that's different from traditional E3. The fact that we're having the PC Gamer Show, the, the fact that we're having uh, uh, like car- companies like 24 Entertainment talk about Nar- Naraka Blade Point, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it could be cool. <laughs> like, like, whatever, games. Yeah, like whatever. It's games, and right, and all all this stuff is speaking towards somebody, and I think that's very exciting. That there's somebody out there who saw Naraka Blade Point is going to show up, and they're like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I'm I'm super into Naraka Blade uh, uh, Blade Point, or the folks who love tuning into the PC gaming show. You know, like I'm not I'm not a uh, uh, us- usually most things at the PC gaming show don't speak to me specifically, but sure. there are those those nuggets in there that I get hyped about. Persona for Gold coming to PC last year was a thing that I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. You know, like people like Barrett Courtney are gonna finally get to try that game out. Uh, I think that's super that's always a super awesome thing. And so I'm super excited for this week. I'm super excited for next week. E3 is here. Uh Jeff Grubb in the chat says Naraka is what is like what if Devil May Cry uh was a battle royale. You sold me. I'm in. There it is. He's in. Uh, I can't wait to see you be, go pro and become an esports legend in Naraka Blade Point. Uh, but that is still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, blessing, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Kevin, this reminds me has Paula gotten over Cecil eating a bird? And is Cecil okay? Out today. Yeah, Cecil, <laughs> Cecil's fine, but it was very dramatic for her. Oh, sure. I I know. Bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Merchant of the Skies is out now on PlayStation 5. Yinglet is on PC via Steam. Hex of Steel, the cross-platform multiplayer turn-based strategy game set in World War II, is now available on Steam, iOS, and Android. Blade Assault is now available on Steam. Then Mass Effect Legendary got an update. Here, uh, These are from Bioware, obviously. We wanted to share a quick note about a new update for Mass Effect Legendary Edition that brings a number of quality-of-life improvements to the game, including... The following and more English spoken dialogue can now be selected separately from subtitle language resolved issues with unlocking some achievements slash trophies such as the paramours or kill count trackers corrected pre-rendered cutscenes that were darker than intended after the previous update wireless headsets slash devices no longer cause issue with the Xbox launcher and improved PC performance across various hardware configurations including Vermeer 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 enjoy that PC fans. New dates for you. Uh, Fire Tonight is coming to the Nintendo Switch and PC August 12th. And then guess what? Big news. Google Stadia is now on Chromecast with Google TV. It's launching June 23rd. Or it's not, I guess it's not. It's going to be June 23rd. In addition, we're excited to announce something entirely new. You'll also be able to play Stadia on compatible Android TV OS devices starting June 23rd. Wait. So even, Stadia on Chromecast with Google TV. Chrome, Chromecast was that TV, not a th- or Google TV, right? Google Sorry. TV. Yeah, was yeah. that not a thing? What is that, that correct? That was not. Yeah. That was so not the, a thing. the Google, but the Google TV thing. So there's Chromecast and there's Google TV. If you've got a Google uh-huh. TV, it allows Chromecasting, right? So you could use your phone mm-hmm. and then hit the button and it'll send it to your TV, right? But yeah. you couldn't go into the Google TV OS and go over to a tab and click it and start the Chromecast that way. I think that's what they're fixing now. So it's semantics, you know what I mean? Like, no one was using it. They're not going to use it now. It's so sad. Oh, I'm just trying to... I'm, 
<laughs> one that's true two i was trying to make sure that like this isn't stated being like finally <laughs> you can play stadia on google tvs because that's mad right that's crazy if that's the case that you couldn't do that before google tvs and os people are saying Hey, man, I just read it. All right. And Gadget's summary reads like this. Google has only supported Stadia on the web, phones, tablets, and Chromecast Ultra until now. At long last, the company is bringing the game streaming platform to more devices. On June 23rd, Stadia will be available on Chromecast with Google TV, the company's latest streaming dongle, and Android TV devices such as NVIDIA Shield TV and Shield TV Pro. Okay. Everybody, yeah, nobody cares. Don't even worry about it. Blessing. We ask people to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support us, to ask us questions about the day's news. And most importantly, sometimes, at least right now, is to squad up. This is where you give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Caleb needs needs help on the PlayStation 4. What's Caleb playing? Fast and Furious Crossroads. Caleb's PSN name is CJD1112. CJD1112, that's three ones. The online has seen a recent resurgence and is actually kind of fun. <laughs> There's an active group trying to keep it alive and will try and, and will try and help with some of the trophies. If you have the game or can get it cheap, just search for a match and I can add you to the group. Getting hyped for Fast 9. Greg, did you know that game had online? No. God, no. <laughs> If you want to play fantastic. Fast and Furious Crossroads on PlayStation 4, hit up CJD1112. Good lord. You know, there's That's like awesome. 900 games to play. Caleb's out there trying to platinum this. Good for you, Caleb. Get hype for the new Fast and Furious movie. Hell yeah. Um, okay here we go uh nanobiologist writes in and says we uh, as a reminder we are getting a splinter cell vr game for oculus just not a standalone console game get out of here with your fake ass vr games you know exactly what we want nano don't come in here oh well, sam fisher's in you're in timeout nano uh boris and double zero says oh for splinter cell blacklist that it underperformed it sold two million copies when ubisoft hoped it would sell five million copies well mm-hmm. make a better game uh nano's back to say layers of fear launched day and date on xbox one and playstation 4 observer launched day and date xbox one and ps4 then system redux the upgraded version launched day and date for both ps5 and xbox x the only games that didn't launch on the day and date were uh blair witch and then the medium and then cowhan says miss news i don't remember if we covered this ubisoft confirmed the division 2 and heartland will not be at ub forward i did not see that anywhere but i believe you cowhan kind of unless somebody else tries to correct me we'll get it in there and that's heartbreaking because i want to see heartland i think that goes against one of your predictions is that it right? does it does, Do you it have does a yeah. prediction that you would be like ooh wee poopy yeah. or something like i said that. that i would see i said we would see division heartland and it would make me go ooh what was it I don't know. Ooh, yes, yes, or something stupid like that. <laughs> oh God, we're stupid. I'm not seeing it right now, and I look. I'm not that I don't believe you, but I'm just. I, I don't see that. But I believe you. Put it on your radar, everybody. We'll see what happens over there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of Monday's episode. Uh, you have more episodes this week, though, each and every weekday. Don't forget. Uh, number one. Well, first off, Barrett Courtney is sending me a, a link here. Uh, yeah, he sent me to the division. A message from the division teams. Agents, we won't be at Ubisoft Forward this year, but we invite you to tune in alongside us to hear the exciting announcements. The division teams are still hard at work. Content for the division two, Heartland. Uh, okay, cool. Thank you very much, Barry Courtney. Uh, your host for this week look like this. Tuesday, it's Blessing and Gary. Wednesday, it's Blessing and Tim. Thursday, it's Greg and Andy. And then Friday, it is Blessing and Greg. 
Uh, you're wrong. Just Tom says it was, oh, baby, baby, is what Heartland was going to make me say when I saw it. <laughs> if you're watching live on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen, the day is just beginning. Don't worry. Mike and Nick are about to stream something, I assume. What is today the After Effects stream or is it just Warzone? I don't know. They're playing something. I've asked Mike time and time again, right? What's happened on the stream days? You know what I mean? I say, he, put him over he here. Did. He did. He sent it to like general or something. No, Although no, no. I mean, on the Google calendar. I've said Google calendar. Uh, it's not accurate, Mike's, though. I know that, that's oh, okay. on there. Well, that was great then. I don't think so. Kind of funny working like the well old garbage truck on fire. It's always been. Uh, Mike and Nick are about to stream something. Maybe it's them playing paper football. Uh, if you want to, if you missed that live on Twitch, of course you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. You can catch all the archives of the streams over there. Blessing and I are going to patreon.com slash kind of funny to do the post show where what we're going to talk about infamous's anniversary, infamous two's anniversary, actually, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Uh, so if you want to be part of that, patreon.com slash kind of funny games, of course you can get the show ad free there. You can get a whole bunch of other benefits and other things. You can take care of us, but if you have no bucks tossed our way, it's no big deal. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, podcast services around the globe. You get a a brand new episode of kind of funny games daily each and every weekday we're gonna go do the post show mike and nick are gonna sit there and go oh baby baby to each other but until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you <laughs>